Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. The Apostle Paul said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject how to be a successful youth or how to be a successful teenager. My subject is taken from 1 Chronicles or 2 Chronicles chapter 34. When it mentions a young man's name, young man whose name is Josiah. Josiah had a grandfather whose name was Manasseh. The Bible said he was a wicked man and did evil in the sight of the Lord until he caused his children to go through the fire. And he had witchcraft and he had enchantments and, and uh, he had familiar spirits and he got into sorcery and, and all of this sort. And God spoke to Manasseh and the Bible said that Manasseh nor Israel or nor Judah would, would listen to him. And following Manasseh's death, his son took the throne. Ammon was his name. And the Bible said Ammon did evil in the sight of the Lord like his father Manasseh. And he became worse and worse until he was so bad that they conspired against him and he was killed. Now, after Ammon was killed, his son Josiah took over as king of Judah. It wasn't because he had a good father that young Josiah became one of Judah's best kings. Ammon was, his father was a fanatical idolater. He was a flagrant sinner and evidently a hated master because he was killed by the, by the people that surrounded him. Nor did Josiah make a good king because he had great experience. For you see, the Bible said in 2 Chronicles 34 that Josiah was only eight years old when he took over the throne of Judah. But Josiah did have several things going for him. In fact, he had seven things going for him. He had a standard and he kept it. He had a hero and he followed him. He, he knew the true God and he sought him. He found out what to do and he did it. He reject, he actually respected God's house and he made it a personal concern of his. He discovered God's will and he obeyed it. And he accepted God's word and he shared it. I want you just for a few minutes tonight to look into this chapter with me in Second Chronicles chapter 34 and look at Josiah with me just for a moment. He had a standard and he kept to it. You see, when Josiah took over the throne of Judah, politics and religion tried to squeeze this boy into their own mold. The government officials and all the religious dignitaries and the devotees of the mystical cults came to Josiah as a young boy and tried to persuade him to their side. But there was something about this young man that, that he had that all of these government officials and religious dignitaries didn't know that he had. The Bible said in verse 2, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He had some stability about him that in spite of his surroundings, he had a standard and he kept to it. I'm telling you, God has a standard tonight for his people and he's expecting the teenagers to uphold this standard in these last days. Secondly, Josiah had a hero 
and he followed him. It would have been nice if Josiah had had a father whom he could follow. It would be nice to have parents that would live holy and righteous lives in front of you, but not Josiah. He didn't have that, but he remembered an ancient hero whose name was David. And the Bible said in verse 2, he walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. He chose a hero and he followed the steps of David, the Bible said. I don't think of any hero any better for teenagers to follow today, tonight than Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You know, the Bible said in Psalms 37 and 37, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. Hallelujah. The Bible didn't say Mark the hypocrite. It said Mark the perfect man. And I believe that God wants us to look to Jesus Christ tonight. As Josiah looked to David, a man after God's own heart, teenagers today, if you don't have a parent that lives for God, you can take Jesus as your hero and cling to him. Thirdly, he knew the true God, and the Bible said he sought him. At the age of 16, as his life reached the zenith of its mental development, it came to his mind that God must have a purpose for his life. So he said, how can I find this out? And the Bible said in verse 3, in the eighth year of his reign, when he was 16, while he was yet young, he began to seek after God, the God of David, his father. Thank God he didn't look inside to himself, but he looked upward to God Almighty who had the answer for all the problems of his life. He looked to the one who's the author and the sustainer of this life. You know, a lot of people use God as a backup program, you know. When you get in trouble, you'll pray. And some of you folks sitting out there tonight, you wouldn't pray a lick unless you felt a pain in your stomach and you thought you had cancer, or you felt a pain in your head and you thought you had a, a tumor of the brain, and then you'll get on your prayer bones and you'll begin to be like a coward and pray for God to heal you. But I think God wants you to pray when you're healthy and strong. He wants you to serve Him and recognize Him as the author and the sustainer of our life 24 hours a day. And that's exactly what Josiah did. In Micah 6 and 8, the Bible said, What doth God require but that a man should do justly and to, and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? So Josiah was a, ma a young man who sought the Lord to find out what the purpose of God was for his life. He didn't say, what can God do for me? He said, what does God want me to do for him? And the Bible said, what doth the Lord require of thee but to love mercy and to do justly and to walk humbly with thy God? God wants teenagers tonight and young people to walk with God and to live a justified life in his sight. Then another thing he did, he found out what to do, and he did it. You see, the land of Judah was the land that Josiah had in his mind. This was his rulership. This was his little world that he had to attend to. Now, when a man seeks God, he seeks the desire and the determination to straighten out his own kingdom. And that's exactly what Josiah tried to do for him. When he took over the throne, he came into a kingdom that was wrecked with idolatry. The Bible said that for years, 
false gods had seduced the, uh, the people with their religions that were sensually arousing and visual, visually exciting. So here were these gods of Judah that were set up. And they were deceiving the people. And Josiah prayed unto God. And here's what he did. He found out what to do. And he did it. The Bible said he took all the images of the gods. He tore down their altars. He took the religious symbols throughout the land and tore them down and destroyed them. The land was purged by the zeal of Josiah. He even got so zealous that the Bible said that Josiah actually went into the, he ransacked the tombs of the idolaters, idolatrous priests that had already died and their flesh had decayed away and their bones were in the sepulchers and he went into the sepulchers and got the bones of those idolatrous priests and brought them out of the grave and burned them in the sight of all the people to let them know he wanted wickedness done away with in the world in which he lived. He didn't blame his daddy Ammon. He wasn't blaming his granddaddy Manasseh. Like some of us, we blame brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so for revival not coming to our church. We'll say if the preacher was a little bit more on fire or if brother or sister so-and-so was a little bit more on fire, we'd have revival. Why don't you look into the mirror yourself and say, am I, am I on fire for God? I'll tell you, if revival comes to a lot of churches, it's going to have to come through young people and teenagers. And thank God, we just had a move of God in our church. And the reason we had a move of God is because we had a bunch of young people meeting uh, every week and on Saturday morning they prayed and held on to God and a teenage prayer meeting on Sunday night until God sent us a glorious revival to our church to our young people. I thank God for the youth that will find out what God wants them to do and they're going to do it for the glory of the Lord. Then fifthly, he respected God's house and he made it his personal concern. The Bible said in verse 8 that he, in the 18th year of his reign, he sent to repair the house of the Lord his God. It had been wrecked. It had not been honored. And Josiah started to repair the church house. Praise God for the church. The New Testament church must be thought of more than just a building. You can build a beautiful edifice but if the people who are the church do not live holy lives, then God will not meet with you in that beautiful edifice. God, God's people is the church. It's not the stone. It's not the stained glass windows. It's not the pews. It's the people. It's us. And if anybody lives holy, the pews are not going to live holy. The walls are not going to live holy. God wants his people to be holy in these last days. This is God's temple for worship and not for entertainment. Let me tell you, friend, when the church of God begins to get whirly, we are going to have to revert to more entertainment to keep the crowd. And the more whirly our church becomes, the more we're going to have to depend upon socials and entertainment and such like to bring the crowd out. But if 
the church will learn how to worship in spirit and in truth and in the beauty of holiness. Bless God, you don't have to entertain people. You come to worship and receive from God what He has for us. Hallelujah. My God, I'm feeling it more and more here tonight. Hallelujah. The church is a school, the best school that a person can have to learn the oracles and precepts of God. The church is a gymnasium for the exercising of godliness. And the church is a workshop. It's not a retirement house. I'll tell you, there's some people getting old and sweet, but there are others getting old and sour. I'll tell you, the longer you live, the sweeter Jesus ought to become. It's not a retirement home. It's a place, a workshop for the Lord's people. It's a powerhouse, not a picnic area. The church is a pasture for feeding, not just for nibbling. I tell you, you ought to bring your basket and get filled up tonight. Hallelujah to Jesus. There's no finer training ground in the world than a Pentecostal equipped missionary hearted church and Bible teaching holiness church that will proclaim Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world and teenagers ought to orient their life around the work of the church because Jesus died for the church. Hallelujah. And when you do, you'll find that something wonderful is going to happen to you. Praise God. Then sixthly, Josiah discovered God's will, and he obeyed God's will. You see, it was while the Lord's house was being repaired that the Bible said they found the book of the law while they were repairing the house of God. Now, there can be ignorance of God's Word when the Bible's laying on the coffee table. Are you folks still with me? You haven't shouted yourself to death until you can't hear the Word of God, have you? There can be ignorance of the Word of God and it laying on the coffee table in your living room. But it happened to be that they found the Word of the book of the law in this house of 